All right, welcome to the State of the Lakers on Dash Radio. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out on a Sunday. It is good to be back. Raj, I haven't heard your voice in a week. Well, I guess technically I've heard your voice. I've heard your voice listening to the podcast, but it is good to be back with you. Sincerely, I appreciate you covering for me during what was an absolutely crazy week. I was complaining yesterday that like, as much as I love the holidays and getting to be around all my loved ones and you know, getting to really just step away from being so busy on work-related stuff and kind of focus on family, it's, it's great. But man, can it be stressful when it's just one thing after the other after the other? And, and obviously with my grandfather's funeral, you being able to cover for me meant a lot. I sincerely appreciate it, but it is good to be back. Um, and I, we have a lot to talk about tonight, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good to have you back, man. Hope uh, the holiday party was good. I hope it was uh, safe travels up to where you were going. Um, we were kind of going back and back and forth doing kind of solo stuff. But uh, yeah, good to have you back, man. How are you, man? Haven't, haven't, haven't been able to talk to you for a while. I'm doing good. It's been, you know, the, the, the Lakers have certainly kept things interesting. Uh, this has been a bizarre week. I was talking with Eddie Gonzalez from the ETCs this morning on a space mm-hmm. that I did with him, just kind of about just how crazy this COVID stuff is and how bizarre it is uh, in the short term and in the long term to kind of think about how it impacts things. And, you know, one of the big things that I was saying this morning was, you know, they're not going to pause the season. There's no reason. There's absolutely no reason for on a bunch of different fronts. They're not going to pause it because of the money, obviously, but they're also not going to pause it because it doesn't actually solve the problem. Like these guys aren't going to go lock themselves in their houses. They're going to go do stuff that rich people do. Like They're going to go, you know, hang around other people and, and, and have fun. And it just was never, it was never an actual solution to the problem. Um, and logistically trying to reschedule a ton of games, it's already going to be complicated enough for them to reschedule the games that they have to reschedule. So, you know, I was just saying, you know, to Eddie, I was like, it's just going to be a weird couple of weeks, you know, they they stopped testing for a while. So a bunch of guys got infected because they had guys that were carrying the virus around walking around the team when they didn't know. And now they're testing. So over the course of the next few weeks, this is going to really die down, I think, and things will get back to normal. But right now, in this little stretch of time, it's going to be weird. And we just watched a really, really weird basketball game, Raj. <laughs> that, that was, it was really weird. Like, we're going to talk about a lot of some stuff that's relevant, but there's a lot of stuff that we saw tonight that's just irrelevant to what this Laker team is going to be, with or without Anthony Davis, with or without any of these circumstances. It's just, there's a lot of unusual stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, the rough part about tonight, and it's one game, and we're going to be out, you know, without AD for like four to six weeks. People think four weeks, I think that's on the lower end. I think it's going to be closer to around six. I agree, it's at least like, six to eight, yeah. Yeah, and my thing with this game is like, you would hope when you play this hard, you're rewarded with a win, right? Like, that would have been nice. Like, this was a game they actually did try. Everyone seemed to want this one. They all played... You missed the Minnesota game. I don't know if you got back. Uh, you got to rewatch that one fully. I watched was a just, bunch of the tape, yeah. Yeah, that was just an ugly effort game. I mean, Minnesota came out and punched us right in the mouth. Carl Anthony Towns did. But just from an effort, body language standpoint, that was bad. Um, even before AD obviously went down. And then you talked about how when AD went down, our spirits just died with him, right? Like our spirits just went into the locker room kind of with him. Yeah. That's what I kind of saw from from tonight as well. A lot of weird lineups, obviously, not of stuff you can really take in terms of process. But I think in these four to six weeks, this is kind of what the center lineup will kind of look, right? Like, especially if they don't go and get us another center. And I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that later. But LeBron was mostly the center for a lot of this. Trevor Reza played center. 
DeAndre Jordan still looks unplayable even in his minutes. Uh, that's what I saw from tonight. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas, I think we both agree that he's not probably long for this team. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's just tough to, to have a loss where the players really did try. Like, you would like to be awarded with the win uh, with the type of effort they displayed tonight. And they weren't a lot of fouls, 22 turnovers or something. A lot of them were just lackluster, just, you know, high-risk, low-reward type passes from our main playmakers it was a rough night that DeMar DeRozan lived at the free throw line. He also hit a bunch of clutch shots. You have to give it to him. Tough loss, though. And this is the one you wanted to get because you play Phoenix next. And I think they got Devin Booker back tonight. Uh, just, a, just a tough one to, to move on from. Yeah, you know, and like when it comes to uh, looking at what we can take away from tonight, because, like, you know, you, you mentioned Isaiah Thomas. He's not long for the team. I was so impressed by his competitiveness tonight. I love that dude as a player. Oh, yeah and compete and try to impact winning in really a difficult situation. If you think about what his circumstances are, a guy who didn't go through training cramp, didn't go through anything, was literally just jammed into this situation under the COVID circumstances and is playing with basically a fake basketball team with the, with the, with a bunch of the guys that are out there. It's like for him to come out and to compete the way he did and to help this team the way that he has is really impressive, but it's irrelevant to, to looking forward with this team. Cause they're just, you would, even if they wanted to use that, last roster spot right now if the team was healthy they would never use it on 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 Isaiah Thomas it's, it was just a it was a stopgap because Russell went into uh, COVID protocols and they thought he might be gone and Malik Monk was gone and all their guards started dropping they had to do what they had to do but the so for me Raj the a couple of the handful of things that I saw tonight that I thought were actually relevant is one LeBron continues to look great especially around spacing and LeBron is sneakily putting together a couple week stretch here where he's been obviously the Minnesota game being kind of a uh, outlier. Uh, his, he just, his, his energy wasn't really with it that night. Um, and we're not going to get too far into that, but you know, LeBron still looks great. That helps project well for this team. Like if LeBron can stay healthy and he plays at this level, then now we're, t- now we're talking about how if AD comes back after this injury and he's, you know, healthy and, and mobile and looking good that we're going to be in good shape. So the LeBron thing is good. And then the second thing is, and this is the thing I think you wanted to hit on. Right? You know, complained a lot early in the season that we had all these lineups out there that weren't really functional basketball lineups because when LeBron was off the floor, which was almost all the time as a result of his injury, we would have an assortment of small guards and then usually two bigs on the floor at any given moment. Or maybe even sometimes when LeBron was out, one one big, you know, Anthony Davis at center, Dwight Howard at center, and four guards. And those just aren't functional lineups, especially when you factor in all of the things you have to accomplish outside of that, like defensive rebounding. Like that play tonight where LeBron, uh, you know, blocks uh, DeMar DeRozan at the rim. There's just no other big guys on the floor to go get the rebound. That's a huge part of how DeMar got the ball back, you know? So the thing is, is Trevor Ariza gives us another one of those guys, those guys that are in between, the guys that can, are the jack of all trades types of athletes on the floor. And when you see him out there, the basketball lineups just make more sense. And that's exciting to think about when this team kind of comes back to having all of their players is having Ariza plugged into a spot that has normally been occupied by a guard this year makes us a team that is all of a sudden way more athletic, way longer, better with defensive rebounding, fewer mismatches in terms of, you know, if we're switching and, and getting, you know, other guys from the other team on an Island, like he just, he just 
functionally makes so much of our lineups make so much so much more sense. Yeah, for sure. Before like I get too deep into Trevor Reza, because I think he was a big part of this. I think he's he's been like the positive news. I just want to push back on the Isaiah Thomas stuff is is not relevant. I think it's relevant in terms of I see Kendrick Nunn's role in Isaiah Thomas, right? And I think I texted you. I wanted to kind of get into that because I think that's an interesting kind of thing. I think they're similar. Isaiah Thomas might be the better three-point shooter, like the better pull-up three-point shooter. But Kendrick Dunn plays that kind of play style, right? And I talked about this, I think, in the last one. We don't have very many mid-range scorers. And Isaiah Thomas being a guy who can come off a screen and roll and pull up in the mid-range uh, just gives us another look. He also has the floater game. And I think Kendrick Nunn kind of can fit into that. And Kendrick Nunn's a little taller as well. Not by much, but at least I think it's significant in terms of uh, those two, in terms of how they're attacked defensively. You see how teams go at Isaiah Thomas, even Caruso try to go at him. But Kendrick Nunn is at least, if he's not a good defender, he's at least an average defender. And that's where I see Isaiah Thomas, is his scoring and stuff as relevant. I think it fits right into what Kendrick Nunn is. Uh, do you agree with that? I wanted to ask you about that because I think that's just an interesting kind of way to look at it. I think they score in similar ways, right? Ken- Kendrick Nunn's a very off the pick and roll, get into the mid range floater game, get to the basket. He's a little bit more athletic as well, finishing at the rim. Thomas has been great; he's been competitive. Uh, but I just think that's where, like, that's where you can compare, and that's what you can take, I guess, from the Isaiah Thomas uh, role here. And look, Isaiah Thomas may sit, fit with the team. I just don't think he will. You don't think he will either. But I think Kendrick Nunn fitting in for Isaiah. They do a lot of similar things and. It also helps having another ball handler out there, right? LeBron, Russ, and just one more ball handler that can do something with it. And can LeBron shoot off the dribble, which is exactly. hugely important. Exactly. And just giving another guy what's with a little bit of handle and shot and a guy that defense has to respect. And even if IT gets killed defensively, our offense, you can tell, just has a big boost having another ball handler. So I want to ask you about that. Do you see that comparison as well? The Kendrick Nunn, kind of Isaiah Thomas uh, player archetype, I guess. Uh, they're not the exact same player. Uh, but I think they just kind of fit and do similar things offensively. So I do agree with you in principle about, you know, the archetype of player and the way that it Mm -hmm. works. One of the big differences between Isaiah Thomas and a guy like Kendrick Nunn and the reason why it's a little less functional is uh, Isaiah Thomas shoots at the top of an elevated takes off, gets up into his shot and shoots at the top. So he's really good when he's coming off of the screen at making people pay with a quick high release, even at his height. Kendrick Nunn is a little bit more of a set shooter. So he's, he's not as good at those dynamic pull-up jump shots that Isaiah Thomas takes. And I'm spe- specifically talking about jump shots. When we get into the paint, all those, the assortment of little floaters and push shots and things like that, Kendrick Nunn so there, again, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm just paying a compliment to Isaiah Thomas there. There's just not that many guys in the league that are that dynamic off the dribble as a jump shooter and Kendrick Nunn is certainly not at that level, but yes, I agree with you in terms of the overall archetype of the player, especially as a guy who has all of those in between moves, which is something that is like utterly lacking from Russell Westbrook's game, right? Like when, when Russell Westbrook gets in the lane and he takes anything that's not a layup, you just assume it's going to miss, you know, and that having having somebody in the lineup is definitely exciting. So I definitely agree with you on that front, but I wanted to hear your opinion on the Trevor Ariza stuff. Yeah, he just fits, right? He just knows where to be uh, on defense, on offense. He's also a threat offensively. He hit a three tonight as well. I think he puts all our players in the right spot and he's going to be huge for the, for the week we have without AD to me. And we played him at center tonight as well. Just a super versatile forward. And even when we're fully healthy, I said, we're lacking in versatile forwards. And he's a guy that helps with that, you know, 36 year olds. I thought he moved well. 
Um, he did a nice job, I thought, on DeRozan in the minutes he had. I think he was like a plus six or something for the night uh, when I checked. He just fits what the team needs to do, high basketball IQ. It's just nice to have a player that is in the right spots, right? And he's, he's in the right spots and helping. He's a guy that's done this his whole career. He's been a role player, kind of. A lot of our older players have been like the guy uh, their whole career and trying to are moving into role player kind of role player status. He's been a role player pretty much his whole career. So you can tell he just knows where to fill. He fills corners correctly. He screens and rolls really nicely. And he's a big part of our small ball, I feel. And I think that's the key for him because I, I don't know if they'll pick up another center or not, but it looks like we're going to go a lot of LeBron at the five, a lot of centerless lineups. They played Ariza and Carmelo at the four or five tonight. And I think he makes Carmelo's job a little easier as well. I don't oh, think yeah. Carmelo likes all the responsive. I don't think Carmelo likes the responsibilities that a four uh, takes, let alone the five. And Trevor Ariza does. Trevor Ariza is a guy that fights. He gets into it, right? He's not afraid to get hurt, not afraid to get, get in there and get dirty a little bit uh, on rebounds. I thought he was good. I thought he looked, you know, I think he looked like Trevor Reza and he's going to get in a better rhythm uh, as we go here. And as he plays more, I just think he fits well. I thought he fit as seamless as you could have uh, for his first minutes, uh, first minutes tonight. And he's going to be a big key of this team. I'm worried about the load we're going to put on him because, again, I think he's going to have to play big minutes. I thought they were. Yeah, I, was, I was worried about that tonight. I was worried about that yeah. tonight. Yeah, and they didn't start. I, did they start him to start the second half? I believe they did, right? Because I, I know DeAndre. Yeah, because they sat good. DeAndre. Yep. Yeah, so they start. They started Trevor Reason. Honestly, I think if Trevor was healthy, you know, for the last few weeks, he probably starts tonight anyway. Uh, but yeah, I thought like he looked good. He looks like he fit. Uh, I was a little lower on him than you were over the over the summer. I was worried about the the mileage he's had, but it looks like in a twenty twenty five minute role, this would this is what he can uh, he can give, and it's it's so needed on this team. It, it jumps out. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. He's, I'm, I'm super, super excited about Ariza. It, we're not going to even really begin to get to understand how valuable he is until, until we get more of our guys back. Like that's the crazy mm-hmm. part with Ariza because he is a textbook like final piece of a of a lineup grouping. You know, yeah. so in right right now he's more of like a like he's going to be the third, second or third best player on the floor in a lot of these lineups just because of the weirdness with COVID. So you can't even. Mm-hmm. Like for him to look, you know, serviceable now is even is is very encouraging. But so um, I wanted to get your opinion on this, and and I I'm curious to to hear where you're at with this. So I'm with you. I think AD is going to be out at least eight weeks. I think I think oh, we're man. looking. So the reason why is because if you really factor in ramp up, if you really factor in the fact that the Lakers more or less are not going to have an opportunity to get a top seed just because of the reality of the situation. This is a team that at, at this point has just got to be thinking anywhere but seven. So they're just going to be fighting for that six seed, right? And, and from that standpoint, you know, rushing AD back to try to make a blitz at the top or the top side of those standings doesn't really make sense. So I think they're going to be a little more cautious with him, especially since we've all seen plenty of examples in NBA history of guys spraining their knee, coming back too early, and then something bad happening. So I'm a big believer in them probably taking their time with this. And so from that standpoint, we're looking at probably getting AD back in my opinion, and I could be wrong. Hopefully it's better, but probably around middle February. So you saw tonight, a good example of how decimated our front court, obviously Dwight Howard makes it a little bit better, but ideally you don't want to, ideally you don't want to play Deandre Jordan at all though. Right. So ideally it's going to be, if they didn't make any sort of moves, you're going to be seeing a lot of Dwight Howard and LeBron James literally (laughs) trading off playing center. So like we're decimated in the front court. That's just the reality of our situation. 
And yeah. I talked, I talked a lot with you over the course of the season that I thought THT, you know, because I believe he's going to be an all-star. I think you should hold on to him and only cash him in. If you get to the point where you're near the deadline, the team is trending in the right direction. THT isn't much of a part of that. It's a way to go all in on the season. And I, that was kind of my patient approach with that. I think under these circumstances with AD being out, but not mm-hmm. seriously out and knowing that this season is not lost and there still is an opportunity to make a playoff run here, I would cash in THT as soon as humanly possible with this contract to get something in the front court, preferably that, you know, Kendrick Nunn THT for Miles Turner type of deal. Um, because of the fact that I think you have to, the only way you're going to float in the standings enough is, is going to be bringing in a, a legitimate center. And and you saw tonight, you, you, t- I think you might've been one of the people tweeting about this, but LeBron was unbelievable defensively on the back end tonight. Oh, you know, he took, a, took a handful of possessions off, but he was unbelievable. And he cannot do that for the next two months. I, I, I genuinely think that would be a terrible idea. I know he's physically capable of it. I just think it would be a terrible idea. And then over the course of these next two months, you're going to need so much out of him offensively. So I'm of the opinion that you have to absolutely have to bring in a legitimate center and put Dwight back in that backup center role. Do you agree with me? Or are you taking the let's just wing it for the next two months approach? Well, first, so um, I think his name is Jeff Stotts. Uh, he he did, I think his, uh, Jeff Stotts, yes, uh, at In Street Clothes. He does a great job kind of uh, doing injuries, and NBA injuries, and I think he does other sports too. He said the average for, for the AD injury is 22 games, which is about six and a half weeks, right? Okay. Which, is, which puts AD back February 2nd. It's still, you know, it's still a while away. My issue with this conversation, because I've seen this a lot, and people are like, okay, let's go trade for Miles Turner, right? And I think that's the name that probably pops up a lot. Props up a lot. THC isn't tradable till January 14th, January 15th, right? Which is still like four weeks away, which is so long. And this center issue is an issue now to me. I think during that time, you can kind of assess uh, what the record is. I feel like the, the answer to this to me is I would like to see what our two-way guy has. Like I would like to see what the J-Huff guy has, and maybe he can't play – but I think the Lakers scouting department has enough of a you know resume, uh, track record, of, yeah, yeah, enough credibility to where like try these guys out, try out the J House, see if he can play. There's no way he can be that much worse than what DeAndre Jordan is giving you nightly basis. And watching DeAndre tonight, man, it's just it's a it's a rough watch. And he got you know Fizdale had 12, 12 minutes of him before he had enough and had to bench him in the second half. But that's where I would go with. You're right. LeBron can't play center like this every night. It's it's not possible, and it's why this loss hurts so much. Because like he he played that hard, and you lose on a Demar Derozan, you know, two fadeaways and one foul on a fadeaway. Like that's a really tough way to lose. LeBron obviously wanted this one, but yeah, you're right. He can't play center this much. I think that's the answer, and hopefully Dwight Howard comes back soon. Uh, hopefully he's back in a couple of days. But I think that's the w- the way they go with this. I don't think they're gonna make a trade right now because your only trade offer is THC, and you don't have four weeks. They can't, Jason, they can't just lose at a crazy pace, right? The West is, it's not great, but it's still good enough to where you you don't want to be in the play-in, right? I know you said that they're not going to try to fight for a top seed, but you don't want to be in the play-in. Like, that's not where you want to be in this. Uh, I think if they're like 500, if they can stay around there and they have eight of their next 10 games at home uh, coming up here. So, that, like, it's a it's a tough thing, but I would try out, you know, Jay Huff, their other, I believe he's on a two-way, right? Uh, I believe yeah, so. Like, I would try guy. him out, maybe see, yeah. Yeah, maybe see if you can sign a minimum center somewhere. Um, but that's where I would go with this because I don't think trades are even a possibility yet. Your only trade 
your only trade pieces are THT and Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn has not touched the floor this year, and THT is not tradable for four weeks. So, like, I, I don't know how we... I don't know how we get into trade discussions to solve the 80s not here to play center when that's a when we can't trade our main piece until January 15th. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I do. So let, let me so this is a good discussion. I'm glad you're on the other side of this because this always makes it more interesting when you can get two people to kind of bounce the, you know, counter examples off of each other. So Mm-hmm. I look at it from two perspectives. First of all, I think that AD on the injury spectrum is probably going to take longer rather than shorter. Okay. Um, that's just sure. my personal belief there. I could be wrong, but I tend to think that if the average tells us uh, Anthony Davis is coming back in uh, early February, then it's probably going to be closer to late February. So I look at it. That's part of it. And then the second part of it is I look at it from functional basketball and the best possible strategy with which to float things until AD gets back, right? So we just talked about how I think it's absurd to try to ask LeBron to be Draymond Green while also being MVP-level offensive LeBron for the next two months. I don't think that that's a realistic expectation. It's not realistic. So, so, yeah, exactly. So my counter so, – uh, so, for instance, if we, if we run – if we go all in on small ball – and only use, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of DeAndre Jordan in those other minutes. And we go heavy on switching. It's just going to be complicated for LeBron in the short term to try to make that work. So if you bring in a, a legitimate center, then you can at least go back to something that benefits your limitations elsewhere. So, for instance, we have guards that can't defend at the point of attack. So it's so important when you have guards that can't defend at the point of attack to have size around the rim that can deter driving, driving lanes. Right. And so I I think like if you had to play fake basketball for two months to try to float things until you can lean into your true identity, when AD gets back, I think it makes more sense to play some bigger guys. That's just, that's just my, my take on it. And, and, And again, like you, you guys know how I feel in real life here. Like when this team gets healthy, you guys know I preach switching all the time. I would go all in on ditching the centers, having AD and LeBron play center, switch everything, you know, especially when you got a reason yeah. out there. I'm a big believer in that style, especially when it comes playoff time. I just don't think without Anthony Davis, you can do that for two months right now. Sure. But that, that's just my two cents on it. Well, like to me, and also a solution to this, and I agree, to me, I think you have to go small ball, go offensive go offensive minded here i think austin reeves uh tht baysmore are a big part of this because we saw some of the detriments to playing lebron at the five is rebounding right that's an issue and we have small guards russell westbrook's a guy that doesn't box out either right he's a stand try to get the ball by jumping uh type of rebounder and i thought that we saw that tonight lebron as well can't be the guy trying to go and rebound uh for for everyone and isaiah thomas is too small as well trying to get bored so i think like getting austin reeves back getting kent Bazemore, who hopefully you know can play as well he did in minnesota but getting those guys back i think i think helps as well trevor reza goes as well we're gonna have to just try to fight through here like and then dwight howard coming back too like i don't think there's a trade answer coming here maybe you can find a big on the minimum but jason like a big on the minimum that can anchor a defense like i think that's tough to find right now like i I don't think those are out in the market. Like maybe you can try to find one, but maybe in the G League you can find a center somewhere like they did with Damian Jones last year. Right? They did, I think Damian Jones, was he in the G League last year? I, I don't remember, but 
he was a guy they found as well and he was able to play uh but yeah like that's the only issue it's an issue that's going to be a problem for a long time like at least for the next four to six weeks and i don't think trade there's any trade option to to find here i just think try to find if your two-way guy can play center uh and then try to buy some deandre jordan like deandre jordan can come and play what eight minutes a game maybe like can he do that like i think i think 12 minutes in a full half shift is too much though right you play 12 yeah. minutes that first half that's too long that's way too long of a shift um he looks tired by like the six minute mark if you just watch him closely you can see his legs go out from him he's already a guy that goes to the path of least resistance on every play so it's just a bad mix uh for him so that's where i'll go hopefully we get austin reeves trevor reza back and you can play that switchy style uh if you get those guys but right now we can't and that's why it looks so so rough but yeah i don't i don't think a trade is coming soon man like i I know it would be if THE was tradable now. I think this is a different conversation, but he's not. He's not tradable for another four weeks. They they can't even have those. Uh, they can have the conversations, obviously, but they can't even think about that until then. So I think you have the minimum. You can get guys on the minimum or find if your two way guys can play. And right now, I would try the two way guys. Can I, I think Isaiah Thomas is going to stay uh, for at least his ten day contract. Yeah, so I, th- I tend to think when you're talking about centers, because you, you make a good point. Like, oh, go get a minimum center. Maybe you can flip like a. You know, a guy like Malik Monk, who other teams are going to see as valuable for, you know, a guy mm-hmm. out there who's who's on the minimum. I, I get that. I think, you know, I'm a big believer in going cheap on centers in a in a perfect world. You know, for, for instance, like the reason why I was against the proposed Miles Turner trade is because I thought, like, what's the point? Like that you're we don't we, we don't expect much from that position. We're better off going for a position where we have a shortcoming, which is that on the wing you know, mm-hmm. with a guy like Jeremy Grant, like that, that makes more sense to me. Right. Like that was kind of my ideology there. But like when Anthony, <laughs> a lot of that was because of the fact that Anthony Davis was on the team, you know? And I think, I think like a minimum center does a really nice job when you're a team like golden state and you, you know, you're so stacked at the other positions that, you know, Kevin, Kevon Looney is, is operating on, on a really limited role and he can knock that limited role out of the park. But I tend to think that over this stretch of games, he's going to be asked to do a lot. <laughs> and, and like I, 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 whoever's in that position, whoever's playing that role on this team is going to have a huge role, unfortunately under the circumstances. So it would be beneficial to have a good player there. We'll see. You're right. Like uh, a lot can change by January 15th. You could have reports come out that say, AD's knee is doing better than expected. You could have, like you said, like maybe they lean crazy into small ball and switching and just jank it up on everybody the way that Brooklyn did last year. Maybe they just win a bunch of games. I mean, for the record, they had no business even being competitive tonight. <laughs> like they had no business being competitive with that Bulls team tonight. Like even with the, the guys that were out for the Bulls, they just had a far more functional basketball roster tonight than we did. And we competed because we spread the shit out of the floor and LeBron is an MVP and, and Russ had his moments and Isaiah Thomas had his moments. Like that's kind of how we, we faked it till we made it. If that made, if that makes <laughs> sense. So I, 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 I can, I can see where you're coming from. There. I'm just, I'm just worried about like workload stuff and, and things along those lines. But the other, the other thing I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. I talked about this yesterday as well. You know, I'm hopeful that Anthony Davis takes this opportunity to figure out what's going on with his body. And, and it could be a couple of different things, right? Like he either was dealing with some sort of nagging injury that was limiting his mobility or he became overweight, not overweight from a fat perspective, but 
overweight in terms of the way he constructed his body over the course of the last couple of years in the weight room. And you know how that goes. Like when you, we all know, cause we've all been there if you've ever lifted before, but you can drop that kind of thing relatively quickly by getting out of the gym. And I wonder if it's, if this time for AD is a good opportunity for him to either figure out what's going on with his um, injuries that he's been coping with, or if this is a body weight issue for him to kind of get back down to an optimal body weight. And then, you know, the idea there is, is, Hey, like if AD can come back mid February and just a, a perfect basketball machine version of himself in terms of his conditioning and just come back into a team that's desperate for him to slot right back into that role and just go on a run to end the season. Like this could all work out just fine because the dirty little secret is, and you know, I don't think it's a comfortable topic because AD was hurt. Um, you know, and it's, it's uncomfortable to be like, Oh, you know, AD's waiting on MRI results. Let's talk about how much he sucked tonight. You know, like that, that's, it's kind of an awkward topic, but man, he wasn't playing good basketball. Like he, no. he was getting, I mean, he got manhandled by Carl Anthony Towns a few times in that game. And, and just in general looked, we complained all season about how he was getting beat on rebounding position, even though he was super strong, that his mobility wasn't the same, that he didn't seem to have that ability to get a step on guys. And he's 28 years old and the injuries he suffered in the last couple of years were not serious, you know, joint injuries that lead to, you know, long-term mobility concerns. He didn't tear his Achilles. He didn't, you know, have a, 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 a severe, you know, a knee injury. No, like he pulled his groin, you know, and like he had some Achilles tendon soreness that he waited out. Like he should, in theory, be more mobile than he is right now. And for whatever reason, he hasn't been. And so I'm hopeful that this couple of months here is a chance for Anthony Davis to get his body right, whether that's healing injuries or getting back down to a more functional body weight. But that's kind of like another thing that I see as like a, you know, pseudo silver lining here. Yeah, it definitely like we've been watching the full season. It definitely looks like he's put on mass. Uh, he doesn't look um, as mobile uh, as he did. I mean, to put in context, and we always try to, you know, put the human element as well. He has had a large load defensively. And I wanted to ask you about this because this is something that's tough to it's tough to define. I guess it's just something you see when you watch every game. He's looked frustrated on most nights, right? Just, just in general playing basketball. And I want to ask you this. He doesn't, he doesn't look like as joyful playing ball. Like that's such a weird thing for like to look at with AD. But would you agree with that? Like, I don't know how to put that in context. Not saying he's not enjoying playing basketball. It just, it doesn't look as fun. I, I guess as it used to, it, it looks like he's super serious all the time. And I hopefully, hopefully I'm, I'm hopeful that this time off just gets him a little bit more, you know, in circle with himself, able to heal whatever was, uh, was hurting him it it definitely looked like he wasn't 100 percent. and again the numbers are all there though all the leading in points uh you know leading points in the paint leading with dunks, leading dunks and all that stuff is there it's just when you watch it it just feels like again we talked about this before when he plays the five it feels like he goes to into injury prevention mode and maybe that's some of it is that maybe some of it he feels like he has a lot of responsibilities he just looks frustrated and looks like he's not as enjoyable on the floor would you agree with that or is that like me kind of stretching this out uh to somewhere where it's not there is that is that just me seeing things because i'm i want to ask you about that as well no i think i don't think i don't think that's in question i think ad has very clearly been in some sort of mental funk this year in a lot of ways but i don't think it's any sort of larger issue i think it's just human nature 
I mean, the, the reality, yeah. the reality of the situation is, is aside from the, those metrics, which you mentioned, which are, you know, we, we've talked about ED is so freakishly mm-hmm. talented that, you know, 20 and 10 for him isn't the same as 20 and 10 for Clint Capella, like 20 and 10 for a guy like Anthony Davis is, you know, if he's not engaged the way he usually is, is, is not a great night. You know what I mean? Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas you'd be thrilled to the moon if, if, if Clint Capella did that for you, you know what I mean? So there's a different, there's like a sliding scale with a lot of this stuff. Um, but that said, like, I think he, the, here's the thing, he's not playing as well as he knows he can. And, sure. and the team is massively underachieving and it's human nature. Like losing basketball games really sucks. <laughs> like it really sucks, especially when you're, you know, with this core, the core of this group, you're used to winning. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about it. The, I've said this stat a million times on this pod, but coming into this season, when LeBron James and Anthony Davis suited up in the purple and gold for the Lakers, they won almost 80% of their games. That, that like counting the playoffs. That's how dominant this group was. And so for them to be, you know, going into that Minnesota game, sitting at 16 and 13 and to have been dealing with a bunch of injuries, like it has an impact on body language. Even LeBron has had a couple of times this year, actually, uh, I'm not, uh, we don't want to get into it tonight cause it's kind of off topic, but I've thought LeBron has been surprisingly good with his leadership after in his history, that's been a weak point for him. Uh, when things get bad, I remember coming on here and talking about how I thought we might be going down a dark path on the LeBron front. <laughs> you know, you remember that? Like, but the, it just ended up not, mm-hmm. it just ended up not happening. And that's a credit to LeBron. But the point is, is it's been that kind of season. It's been a roller coaster. And so you know, and, and look at it from Anthony Davis's perspective too. Like he went from playing with a group of guys who were devoted to the dirty work to suddenly playing with a group of guys where that's so far back on their list of, of basketball priorities that he's caught cleaning up after them all the time. And now to, to, you know, to those guys defense, like AD hasn't been that great either on the, on those areas of the game, but he's been a hell of a lot better than them the rest of the guys on the roster, at least, you know, up until this last couple of weeks. And so I I would imagine it's been extremely frustrating for him to constantly see the guards not helping on defensive rebounding when they used to, when it was KCP and Kyle Kuzma, not boxing out, not, you know, uh, not offering some resistance on the back line, not rotating. Like I'm sure, I'm sure it was frustrating for him, you know? Um, And then, and then obviously, and this is the last thing I'll say about it. Like, integrating a basketball team is hard as well. This is something I talk about a lot, you know, uh, when we're talking about team construction and, you know, the give and take of ball handlers, like, you know, it's when you go, it it happens to me all the time. Like I'll go play pickup and I'll run into a bunch of my buddies that used to play in college. And from, you know, every once in a while they'll be like, Oh, let's all play together today. And it always like ends up weirdly not working, you know, because like we're all used to having the ball in our hands. And then suddenly you get in like a five man operation with that. And it just doesn't function in a, single pickup game when the score is to 11, you know, when you don't have weeks and weeks to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing here. Like it's LeBron Russ and Anthony Davis are figuring out kind of a new partnership and there are bumps that come with that and it can be frustrating at times. And I'm sure, I'm sure Anthony Davis has struggled with not being able to get off his isolation game the way that he usually has in the past. And a lot of it's spacing. A lot of that's because of Russ and a lot of that's because of Frank and, and I'm sure, I'm sure he's been frustrated by that stuff. And, and, yeah. but that said, like, it's not an excuse for 
playing as poorly as he has been. And I would attribute most of this to his body. I just don't think he's anywhere near as mobile as he used to be. And I think that him figuring that part out will be the quickest pathway to him getting back to where he was, you know, back in the bubble. Yeah, and I think him not being able to hit a jump shot has also kind of impacted him, right? You could tell, like, he's been frustrated with it. I think you posted it. I think you posted the the three-pointer that he airballed, right? You could just tell his jumper's not there. And I think that just that just translates to the rest of his game, the rest of his offensive game. You could tell his aggression drops as well in that way. But you're right. He's just looked frustrated this season, man. And maybe that's the silver lining here. If there is one, obviously, like, this team goes nowhere without a healthy Anthony Davis. I think that's true. I think it's, I think it's super unfortunate that, you know, he goes out and the next game we get Trevor Reza back because we've been just waiting for Trevor Reza to get added to this team. And it's just a, a kind of sick circumstance that Trevor Reza comes back and AD goes right out. But hopefully, you know, he takes his time uh, to kind of get back uh, into the shape he could have been uh, a little bit slimmer. Uh, maybe just, you know, finds a new way to kind of fit into this team. I think when you're not playing, you kind of see things that, that you don't see when you're on the floor as well, right? A lot of players talk about that. They go on an injury and they come back and they kind of find their fit uh, with the team a little bit better. But it was rough. This team hasn't had a lot of games where the big three can kind of work on things. You have guys in and out. Uh, Russ has played every game. AD, I think, has missed one. But LeBron was out for a long time. Uh, so hopefully, like, they can get back once he comes back. But this is a rough stretch, man. Four to six weeks. Any team would go through a shock missing their second best player, especially one that's so important uh, defensively. But I just hope he finds a way to kind of navigate back to this team because I don't think we've gotten the full Anthony Davis yet that we thought we would uh, over the summer. It just hasn't worked out that nope. way, even though the numbers, even though the numbers, you know, paint the the picture that it does uh, us watching the game every night just hasn't been it. And he's been frustrated and I don't blame him. The guards, you know, are what they are, but I can't fully like, I can't fully give that up because he's been, he's part of the roster construction to me. Him and LeBron are part of this that you don't get to complain about it. And then also, you know, he's part of recruiting DeAndre Jordan as well. I think he's been really open about that. So yep. like that stuff that I can't, there's both sides to it. Obviously it's context and everything, but that's why I can't just blame Like he's not allowed to just be upset at them. He's part of the roster construction here and they knew what they were getting when they came into it. It was going to be an offensive team. It was going to be a struggle. And I think when AD goes out, it's just natural that LeBron's going to have to pull a heavier load here, uh, especially on defense. I don't think he can do what he did tonight, every single night, but it has to be at least some baseline level, right? Yep. Like, like because they can't just fall, you know, off a cliff here, and they have some easier games coming up as well. And with the COVID situation, you don't know what every team comes into every night uh, with all these people going into protocols. So maybe you get a couple breaks here and there uh, in terms of who you're playing every night. But yeah, man, four to six weeks. Hopefully, AB AD comes back. Uh, I haven't checked how players come back from that type of injury. Um, obviously any, any injury that le- takes you out that long, it's going to have an impact on you. Uh, just hopefully he's able to come back healthy and we're going to have, it's going to be an adjustment for the whole team to try to figure out what they do during that time. But I don't see like reinforcements coming <laughs> anytime soon, you know, like because of our trade possibilities and what, what we can trade. Everyone's on a minimum deal. You brought up Blake Monk. He makes like what, two, $3 million a year. Like there's just, there's just no salaries that you can really um, and any trade you trade him for, if it's like a minimum setter, you're kind of losing on that deal. Cause I think Monk has outplayed his contract. For sure. So I just, yeah. So I just don't know where they go with this other than LeBron Moore at center, which is taxing on him. Trevor Reza at center. I thought that looked okay tonight. Uh, and, and go from there. That's, but it's a tough situation, man. We're going to be in a, we were, you know, even when we were fully healthy, AD and Deon, and just Dwight Howard was already like a thin 
center rotation, right? Like that was already kind of a thin center rotation with the way that AD doesn't want to play center for full on minutes. And now without AD, it's just going to be, it's going to be rough, but uh, we're going to need LeBron to step up. And like I talked about Trevor Reza, hopefully Austin Reeves and Baysmore are able to come back. Cause I think they kind of fit what we need right now uh, going super small, uh, super small here. Yeah. Well, it, it, with us having to go super small, it'll be nice. It'll yeah. be nice to have a Reza in that spot, but uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, no one feel no one's gonna feel sorry for the Lakers, and nor and, oh, and nor should not. they, because everyone's going through stuff. And there's already the sure. there's already the Laker aspect to this, you know, in terms of just the way fan bases outside of 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 LA view the Lakers. And you know, when I'm talking about the human nature of it, that's I'm explaining why I think. You know, I'm explaining why I think Anthony Davis feels a certain way. But the truth is, is none of this is an excuse. Like you have to go out there and compete. The the Bulls have been dealing with COVID. They had a huge outbreak. I think DeMar DeRozan just got cleared. You know, the the Brooklyn Nets have had an absolute nightmare of a season in in terms of player availability. And, uh, uh, you know, James Harden coming into the season way out of shape. Kyrie Irving having the vaccination issue. And you know what? That team just decided to play really good basketball. And And their best player? decided that he's going to play the best basketball of his career. And, and I, and I give them a lot of credit for that. I think the Lakers have been trending in the right direction lately. And I love the fight that I saw out of the group tonight. So I don't want to dwell on the past in terms of the way basketball character that this team used to show at the start of the season. But, you know, uh, there are no excuses here, you know, and, and I think because everybody on the team is vaccinated, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys come back sooner than later. And and hopefully they can put together, you know, the facade of a basketball team, you know, until until either January 15th when you can move THT or if things are serviceable enough until Anthony Davis gets back. Uh, But is there anything else you want to hit on tonight before we call it a night? Uh, Well, I I guess just the last thing. So did you watch the second half of that that Minnesota game? Right. I thought that, you know, it it sucks because I thought in that third quarter it kind of showed what we were going to be. And Wayne Ellington is starting to get starts. Like, and this is just the worst way for Wayne Ellington to get starts. But I thought like that showed a little bit of what we can be when we're healthy. I think we started Russ, uh, Russ, Bazemore, Ellington, uh, LeBron, and AD. And I thought they really found a rhythm. Carl Anthony Towns was killing us early, but AD started to win those physical matchups against him. And I thought just that showed what we can be. And I think there's still a good team in here. It just sucks we're going to have to wait another four to six weeks to see it. So I, I, that was my last thing, I guess. I think... I think we found a little bit of something. It's just we're about to go through a whole bunch more. I talked about how this team needs to go through trial and error to kind of figure out who, what's good and what's not. And we're about to go through a whole bunch more trials and errors. So I'll just I hope people get ready because it's, it's going to be some ugly basketball going yeah, forward. No, exactly. And, and no, I, I actually agree with you entirely about the uh, um, the second half against Minnesota. I tweeted out the the little line graph thing that shows the the team scores and how Basically, right when the AD injury happened, those lines, you know, went opposite directions. And I tweeted that out and I had a lot of people, you know, in the mentions being like, ah, yeah, I don't, we sucked anyway. Like this is, you know, I disagree. Like I thought I, I 100% agree with you. I was like, first of all, it's, it's normal to go on the road and get kind of punched in the mouth at the beginning of the game and then to fight back and make it competitive late. That's totally normal. And yeah, I get it. Minnesota in the standings doesn't look great. But I'm pretty sure they're 11 and six when D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns play, and uh, and Patrick Beverly play. I think that's the I saw that stat the other day. So they're not a bad team when they have their players available. So you know what? It was a tough road game, 
and the Lakers got off to a bad start. Their two best players both got off to really, really bad starts. And then in the third quarter, things kind of started to come together. And I thought they were going to make a run. And I genuinely thought they were going to win that game. And then Anthony Davis got hurt. And we talked all about how, how that can suck the life out of a team. But I, I'm with you. I, I thought we're trending in the right direction. This is an unfortunate circumstance. Uh, I, we should all just take a second to be thankful that it wasn't way worse, you know, in terms of the injury. So all things mm-hmm. considered, you know, it's going to be fine. And again, you know, and I said this today with, with Eddie, this next couple weeks, none of these teams should be judged. Like there's no judgment to make about the Lakers tonight. Even if the Bulls had lost at home to that depleted Lakers team, there shouldn't be any judgment there. All of these teams are playing, you know, I, you know, it kind of made me feel like it kind of made me feel like charity basketball games. Like it felt like a charity basketball game with big name NBA stars in it mixed in with guys that would have no minutes in any normal NBA <laughs> NBA scenario. Like it's a just, it's an unusual environment. This next couple of weeks is going to be weird. We all just got to suck it up, but it's going to get back to normal now because they're testing everybody. Now the, this outbreak will be quelled and, and things will go back to normal. Uh, but hey guys, that's all we have for tonight. So this is going to be on dash radio tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Pacific standard time. This will be on our podcast feed uh, here in a couple of hours. And then next game is Tuesday night, I believe at home against the Suns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I believe that's yeah. an eight o'clock start. Raj and I will both be back for that one. Um, so we will see you guys all on Tuesday night. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll see you in a couple of days. Happy holidays. Thanks everyone.